0: Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate, and with me via Zoom, so it's kind of still like you're with me, as always, is Charles Chuck, Charlie Lawrence, Charles Thompson. How's it going today, man?
1: You know, we're not in the same room, but we're, I'm here, you're, you're here, or I'm here in spirit, as they would say. Or spirit spirits
0: are intertwined (laughs) not from the
1: ground or anything we're both still alive yeah yeah it's just you know there's just a lot going on so
0: we send our (laughs) we send our best from the grave from the grave we've become very spiritual in the last couple days yeah so anyway this is the good morning liberty podcast we were just telling people in the live group which you can join by going to patreon.com slash good morning liberty that uh charlie has just been ruining the whole podcast and uh got a he got a new got a new contract working about 70 hours a week for for a couple different healthcare providers out there and i'm just over here slaving away on on the podcast and the trading class over the last couple days you guys know uh like during the movie the social network when and I'm not comparing myself to Mark Zuckerberg. I'm just using this as, as an example when yeah, he's not good enough. When he would go on a uh, on like a coding terrace, and he would have to spend like a couple days where basically you can't even talk to him or anything like that, and he'd just be like coding nonstop. That's that's what I've been doing the last couple days with a trading strategy. And so when I get this idea in my head, I've got to work it out. I've got to work it all the way out. Or I won't Get be able your to do headphones
1: on. You're plugged in. I'm plugged in.
0: Yeah. He's plugged <laughs> in. Like, my wife is, is like, she comes up here and I'm like, I'm wired in. All right. Sorry. No. So, I mean, I got up at, it was by accident, but I woke up just wide awake at 2 a.m. this morning. And I was like, well, I might as well do a little bit of work. So I do a little bit of work, doing some back testing for a couple hours and I slept.
1: You're on a, you're on a Mark Wahlberg timeline.
0: I'm on a really Wahlberg. weird. I'm on a really weird sleep schedule, or I sleep for about two hours and i'm and then I'm up and then I sleep for another two hours, and then I'm up for the rest of the day, and that's basically the sleep that I get. and um it's it's not all that great as far as sleeping goes, but it has helped with the uh, with testing this trading strategy because I had this question pop up in my head. It's like a lot of new day traders can't take multiple trades per day, you know, because of the glorious SEC. I was like, well, if you could only take one trade a day, just one single trade a day, what would it be? And so I've had to go through and narrow down through every single trade that I've taken and every other strategy I've gone through and trying to whittle it down to the best highest probability times best reward trade that I could find. And I found the one I think it is, but I have to test it for like, uh, you know, five years into the past before I'll tell anyone about it. So... That should take another couple days.
1: So, yeah.
0: so, Anyway, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning, not trading strategies. But, uh, Charlie, how's it going, man?
1: However, man, the market has been just interesting the last couple days. So, if you're not part of our Liberty Trading Academy, then you need to be. We'll go ahead and do this at the beginning. We usually tell you about this at the end, but go sign up. Uh, it's still my birthday month, which, Nate has so graciously offered a 20% discount because he is a a, a gracious um, man. His office smells of rich mahogany, and uh, he offers those discount codes like they're going out of style. So 20% off by using uh, – what is it? 20 stonk. It's 20 stonk. Yep. yep. So if you go to MasterMyTrades.com or MasterMyStonks.com, you can get in on uh, over two hundred <laughs> videos.
0: West said, "No wonder y'all think four PM is morning." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, That's good. waking up at two. I don't do that, by the way. Yeah, I am up usually six or seven most of the time. There are there are days where it's maybe later than that, but I am up later. Um, sometimes I'll send a, a text. That's what happens. I'll send you a text at like 1.30 in the morning, and you're, then you're up at 2.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Now, I've, if anyway, I, uh, I was, if I Let wake me finish
1: up, this real quick. Let oh, were you talking?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Let me finish this real quick. Master my stonks or MasterMyTrades.com. <laughs> Use the promo code 20STONK. That'll save you 20% off two months. Two months. So go check it out. The market's been crazy. Tesla sold off. Their battery day was a big, fat dud. Uh, and then they they went up like I don't know ten or twenty percent today. So it's just been ridiculous. And we had a, a low float gapper yesterday, where I know uh, Maurice and some other people that are in the Trading Academy they made some money. I made some money on it. It I was made up, some money. They made some money. It was up three thousand. Like what? What about thirty
0: five hundred percent yesterday?
1: Three thousand five hundred percent in yeah. one day. The stock opened at. What three dollars and went to forty six?
0: It was a pretty crazy. I was pretty upset because I bought my first shares at a dollar eighty one, and I did not hold them to forty (laughs) six dollars.
1: I really wish I would have. Nobody, how are you going to know that?
0: Yeah, I know it's crazy,
1: but you can still make plays all throughout that day if you hear the news. Be like, oh my god, I can't believe somebody made this much on that or whatever. But you can find that out mastermystocks.com mastermytrades.com go check it. Where he
0: says out. it got up to 3800%. That is
1: insane. 3800% gain.
0: <laughs> all right. I well, mean. let's I run these
1: balls. let's run through some news
0: real quick today since uh since it is. Oh, you know, it's a little after 4 right now. It is noon for or it's morning for people say in uh in India, you know. So yeah, to totally. all to all of our Indian I don't mean Native American. I mean, our listeners who are in India, uh, you you know, you're welcome for being consistent on that whole Good Morning Liberty thing.
1: It's 4 a.m. over there. Yeah. Just or 5. Re- I can't remember. I think it's they go off Eastern. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. I
0: think. Yeah. I don't know which one it is. So anyway, California is ready to pull the plug on gas vehicles. I love <laughs> the little. I love those punny headlines. Gas is bad. Gas is bad. Okay. Okay. So, California will ban the sale of new gasoline-powered passenger cars and trucks in 15 years, Governor Gavin Newsom announced Wednesday, establishing a timeline in the nation's most populous state that could force U.S. automakers to shift their zero-emissions efforts into overdrive. Oh, man, the puns are, are alive <laughs> in this article. It's going to force them to shift their zero-emissions efforts into overdrive. Uh, wow. I love it. Who would have thought? The plan won't stop people from owning gas-powered cars or selling them on the used car market. But in 2035, I mean, so basically, listen, depending on what you want to do, I mean, this does nothing. Because all that has to happen is all the states that that are running alongside California are just going to be huge, just massive car dealerships. That's all they're going to be. Now, I assume they're going to have an insane tax for buying a car outside of the state and bringing it
1: back. That's what I'm wondering,
0: because even Illinois does that. You know, if you come yeah. down and you buy a you buy a car in Nashville, I mean, you still have to pay Illinois sales tax on the car for I mean, it's insane Uh or it's the I don't know if it. Yeah. When they when they actually take care of the title and all that, you still got to pay the Illinois ah. sales tax. It's crazy
1: regardless of where you buy it.
0: Yeah. So But depending on what they do as far as the sales tax, I mean, they'll have to put a massive sales tax and I'm sure they will. Um, They're, you know, this could be, this could be really bad or the fact that it's 15 years out from now, um, it might not even exist depending on who the next governor is or or what happens. I mean, that's a long timeline for a government, you know, right? that's basically 200 years from now is, (laughs) is what that is. They, Although... I mean, they might be done with like one new lane on the interstate by then too. We'll see. That their timelines are to, really, really weird.
1: Uh, just to decide that there's a certain product that, well, we're just going to ban it. That's yeah. That's what. That's what the land of the free is all about.
0: Well, I, I can't wait for this to get to the unconstitutional Supreme Court. You know, because as soon as a uh, some kind of a. A deal, a car dealer in California could take them to the Supreme Court uh, for not being able to sell cars. (laughs) You know, not all kinds of cars. And uh, I I would be interesting to see if this actually would hold up. And then we would be faced with the idea of uh, whether or not we like the Supreme Court having that power when that ruling comes down, (laughs) or not. Do you just like them having that power when they do things you like, or? or how does that work out. So, anyway, I'll keep rolling also, through. You I'll keep rolling through this one for you guys.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to You want me to take the driver's seat on this article? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good.
1: You also we're going to discuss an article in here that kind of we talk about how uh how how near zero emission is electric vehicles. Yeah. All right man, so. we got
0: to we got to go. I'm all revved up. Okay. <laughs> California would be the first state with such a mandate, while at least fifteen other countries have already made similar commitments, including Germany, France, and Norway. If you want to reduce asthma, if you want to mitigate the risk of sea, the rise of sea level, if you want to mitigate a loss of ice sheets around the, gro- the globe, then this is a policy for other states to follow. I just, mean, it's it's amazing to just, just think that you are going to do it's that. Fact. Yeah, you just say yeah. it. That's what happens.
1: And if you don't want to do it, then obviously you don't want to reduce asthma. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, you don't want to mitigate the rise of the sea level. You don't want to mitigate the loss of ice sheets around the globe, even though Antarctica grew in their ice sheets, yeah. (laughs) whatever. We won't talk about that part. (laughs)
0: okay while environmental groups cheered the announcement the oil industry panda and the automakers industry group sought a middle ground saying it committed to increasing zero emissions vehicles but through cooperation among governments and businesses not by mandates their cooperation Mm. cooperation not coercion in 2017 the federal government said california emitted 266.5 million tons of of carbon dioxide from the burning of petroleum, that's about the same as the total emissions from Egypt, which has 2.5 times the population. Uh, it's just Since you guys want to have a comparison, compare it to Egypt, which is something you obviously know a lot about, and that makes a great comparison. I'm just, <laughs> Newsom says his order will reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 35%. But he stressed the benefits went beyond the environment, saying electric cars and trucks are the next big global industry, and in California wants to dominate it. Hmm. It's just, and that's how I remember uh, one of the big things Henry Ford pushed for was uh, for the government to ban the sale of horses, new horses, baby baby horses.
1: Yeah, he opened that's, up the uh, horse abortion factory. That's
0: how they. <laughs> that's how they got the the people the you know cars to actually catch on was they banned yeah. the sale of unused horses
1: as if you don't see new electric vehicle companies popping up all over the place uh, which clearly if you're in the stock market you know that's the case and as if you don't see the sales of electric vehicles going up year over year yeah so yeah people aren't switching over to them we must mandate it
0: and that's we'll get into a little bit of the economic problem with that because people are moving over to them voluntarily at a pretty good rate. I think that's been one of the really good things that Tesla has been able to do. I know it's why Elon Musk went for such a cool car was because basically electric vehicles were seen as, you know, crappy golf carts and and so people didn't want to switch over to them. And so he's like, I'm just going to make a badass car and I'm going to make it I'm going to make it sexy. That's what he said, which is why they have the Model S and the Model 3 and the Model X and the Model Y, which is beautiful. Um, So that's what he was going towards to get people to want to have those vehicles. And this is, in my opinion, this could really slow it down. But we'll talk about that here in a second. Some auto industry analysts warn the timeline could be too fast for technology to catch up to customers' expectations. Battery life and manufacturing costs are still issues that haven't been resolved. Said IHS Market principal analyst Stephanie Brinley, who studies the North and South American auto markets, on Tuesday, Tesla announced plans for cheaper batteries with higher energy density, but they are well into the future, she said. What
1: a job she has, though. Yeah. Hey, what do you What do you do, Stephanie? Are you an accountant, or um, you know, like, are you a, a, a banker? No. Nope. 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 I study. My job is to study the. North and South American auto markets.
0: <laughs> yeah, the whole things.
1: Yeah, I just yeah on the the markets of autos. <laughs> that's what I uh, that's what I spend my time doing. I wonder if she drives to work.
0: Even if you get a battery like Tesla is talking about, it's going to take time and money to get there. Brinley said. Ford, Money, Ford Motor Company, or Money Company, as it's been for some stockholders over the past 100 years, <laughs> said to agree with Newsom that it's time to take action to address climate change. But the Alliance for Automotive Innovation, which represents Ford and most other automakers, said markets can't be built with mandates and bans. How about that? Hmm. The oil and gas industry, meanwhile, criticized Newsom, and this is one of the first points I tweeted out this morning, Criticized Newsom for holding the news conference on Wednesday in front of nearly $200,000 worth of electric cars as he told Californians that the reliable, affordable cars and trucks would soon be unwelcome in our state. That was one of the funnier things I noticed was he did this news conference with a Tesla, an Audi, um, a, it was a Honda Insight, and then a Ford Mustang Mach-E behind him as a backdrop. And so I tweeted out this morning, the, the cheapest one of those cars is the Honda Insight, which is about $23,000, and then the rest of them are all well up into the 30s, and this, is anyone going to pay attention to the fact that uh, your new car in California is going to be like a base cost of $23,000, and that's before you get into the economic incentives of the other options being outlawed? So you're losing the incentives for them to try and get the cost down. Anyway, just crazy. Big and bold ideas are only better if they are affordable for us all, said Kathy Boyd, president of the Western States Petroleum Association. Our industry and the energy we provide will be part of any solution. Mary Nichols, chairwoman for the California Air Resources Board, tasked with writing regulations for the plan, said electric vehicles will be more affordable in 15 years and everyone will benefit from cleaner air. Okay, so there's the article. So, there's a few issues here that we got to go through. Number one, the fact that all the electric cars are a lot more expensive. And so, that's a pretty big deal. And then the other thing is the technology actually isn't there yet. And so, that's a pretty big deal. The battery life is not actually there yet. We'll be talking about whether or not they're actually more green. And this is not the way to actually push a market into more innovation and creation. When you mandate a market to exist, you lose a lot of the incentive for all the innovation. So that it, I hope no more states follow along with this because right now what, what electric car makers are having to do is they're having to find cheaper and more affordable ways to produce electric vehicles, they're having to make them look amazing. They're having to make them with a ton of horsepower and a ton of battery life and all this. What happens when you mandate that those are the only cars that you can buy? Where does anyone not see an issue here? Yeah, there's
1: no incentive.
0: Where's the incentive? So, So right now they have incentive to try and make them better. But this person here at the very end saying electric vehicles will be more affordable in 15 years and everyone will benefit from the cleaner air. There's no, there's nothing saying they have to be more affordable in 15 years. If you're, if you're, there's nothing to
1: compete with.
0: If you're outlawing the competition, why are they going to be, why are they going to be less expensive out of the goodness of people's hearts? Is that (laughs) what it's going to be? They'll have to, they'll have to subsidize them, which is not less expensive just looks less expensive, but they use your money to subsidize them. So th- there's a massive economic problem happening right here, where if you actually care about this technology getting better, you do not want it to be mandated at all. This, right. is, this is a random part of it, but um, same argument. I make this argument against, this is the argument I go with against mandating vaccines. I know there's all the, it's my body, you can't force me to put something in my body. That's an obvious one, there's an uh, there's an economic argument also, which is that you don't want the government to mandate a product because you want that product to keep getting better. And at the time that you mandate the product, you get rid of all incentive for the product to get better.
1: Because no and, matter what, you're going to be able to sell the product.
0: And I, yeah, and I don't want that with something that you're forcing people to put in their bodies because there is going to be a certain percentage risk involved with that. And what I would like is for people to keep making better ones over time that do a better job. And the only incentive they'll have to do that is if Congress passes a law saying we need the percentage to go down to this instead of where it's at right now. And that what I would actually like is for people to keep trying to make better and better products. So anyway, there's a random economic argument for being against mandating vaccines.
1: For well, you. insured, you know, you know, as what's her name, that Stephanie girl mentioned, there are, you know, there are things that are going to take time and money, but. You know, Musk announced. Obviously, Battery Day didn't live up to the hype, uh, market-wise for the stock price of Tesla. However, I mean, he said in three years they're going to be in mass production, and basically, uh, we'll have a million-mile battery. And they've actually changed the way the core of the battery works uh, to where it doesn't have what they call tabs, and so it it makes the battery much more efficient. Doesn't take as long to charge, and can hold um, can hold the charge for long for a longer period of time so i mean you're thinking in five years anyway it's going to be there and it's it's going to be there because they have the incentive to be better to be cheaper to offer a solution to those who want electric vehicles but right now can't really afford one a a cool electric vehicle but the, the the biggest problem as nate was mentioning is the whole incentive structure if it doesn't matter if if gasoline cars are going to be illegal basically then there is zero incentive to make the cars more efficient or cheaper because people are going to be forced to buy them if they want a new car yeah it's this is the dumbest thing it's literally you know you have these politicians like Newsom they're supposed to be public servants right and they're supposed to be looking out for the people's best interests in doing that and they use that as a guise to go down in the history books as someone's legacy. Like, whoa, what? whoa, what did Governor Newsom do with his life? What does his legacy say? Oh, he banned gasoline cars and saved the entire planet. Like, he wants to be known as the guy who prevented the ice caps from melting because he took the, you know, he took the risky step of doing the right thing by banning cars. It's like, it's just so ridiculous.
0: This is uh, this is probably why all the EV stocks have been running up, by the
1: way. Yeah, <laughs> you know? SPI yesterday was an EV stock.
0: Yeah, crazy. And then Tesla had a big jump today, which, uh, I mean, you've got a country that's a country, uh, a state that has as many people as uh, a lot of countries do, actually more than a lot of countries do. I mean, California is over 30 million people. California has more people than Canada. I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, there's a lot of people in California. This
1: is a really big market. They may not, they may not for long though. <laughs> no. No, not at all we'll until they,
0: until they outlaw leaving. So they put a right. until they put up a border wall between them and the other states. So, uh so Charlie, take me through whether or not these things are actually better for the environment. Now, I do think at the end of the day we still end up being with them uh, with them being a little bit better for the environment.
1: Well, uh, and I want to say like yeah. I, you know, as far as I'm, I made fun of the, the polar ice caps melting or whatever. It's not that I don't think climate change is necessarily a real thing. Um, what I don't believe is the catastrophic nature and narrative that a lot of people are spinning, where it dictates government policy like this, where we have to ban things or do these drastic measures like the Green New Deal, otherwise we're all going to die. Yeah, I don't believe that's true. But I do believe there is... There is a problem with taking carbon out of the ground in the form of oil or natural gas or however it's in whatever form it's in. It is carbon, uh, essentially, when you break it down, and then you're um, you're obviously releasing that into the air. So you're removing carbon from the earth and you're putting it into the air. So that's obviously something different is going to happen when you do that. So I do think that eventually moving towards and so this is something humans have been really good at we've been really good at adapting our entire uh, you know existence of otherwise we wouldn't uh, still be here we all would have been eaten by snakes Um, (laughs) but we've done a really good job of adapting and figuring out when there are you know problems that we need to solve we start to solve those we don't need it's not by the the wonderful benevolent government you know dictate that we've been able to solve all these crazy problems to make life Freaking unbelievable. Like life, the way that we live, what Nate and I do are doing right now is a gall darn miracle. The fact that we are able to even do this, that we don't have soup cans tied to strings to pass out to all you guys so you can hear me and Nate (laughs) talk from a distance. It's absolutely insane. The kind of life that we live. And humans are really good at solving those problems. We don't need the almighty Governor Gavin Newsom to step up to the plate and take the risky decision of banning gasoline cars because i really think in the next at least in the next 50 years that more people are going to be on electric cars and on gas cars anyway so but let's let's look behind the scenes if you will
0: charlie how much Um, would we have to charge on the patreon to get people hooked up through uh podcans
1: Ooh, that would be a lot (laughs) those those things would be handcrafted sewn with a lot of string. Yeah, lots and lots of string. Um, so
0: you said that uh, you would agree that taking carbon from the ground and putting it up in the air, uh, you know, might be a bad thing. So I guess the question would be do electric vehicles lead to a large percentage less of doing that?
1: Well, that's what we're going to get into. And this is coming from Forbes The Dirty Secrets of Clean Electric Vehicles. While one might question the inherent uh, inequity in opposing such a trade-off, the supposed advantages of electric vehicles in emitting lower carbon emissions are overstated, according to a peer-reviewed lifecycle study comparing conventional and electric vehicles. To begin with, about half the lifetime carbon dioxide emissions from an electric car come from the energy used to produce the car, especially in the mining and processing of raw materials needed for the battery. If you remember... It's not like the car is running off like a Nikola Tesla uh, electromagnetic field, whereas <laughs> like when it gets on the road, it just all of a sudden has power. No, these things have to be charged and it has a battery and you have to wonder, okay, well, how does that charging work or how does the production of that battery work? You have to mine. I mean, Tesla, can't, or Elon Musk tweeted out uh, something to the essence of, you know, mine more nickel. He, he said, we will partner with any company that wants to mine more nickel. Yeah, they,
0: so, they've been taking, what is it, lithium that that it is? And it, I didn't put that part into this episode or in, into this article, which is why I was just cutting in mm-hmm. with it. But the actual lithium mining that's going on in Africa for these electric vehicles is, is pretty bad. Like if you were to, if you imagine the movie like Blood Diamond, but you made a movie called Blood Battery or something like that, <laughs> um, that is... That's something that I think everyone wants to ignore. They'll throw things at Apple like, oh, people in, you know, kids in China are making your your iPhones or whatever. But uh, I, I don't know what people would say if they were actually confronted with the idea that there's a lot of child labor going into the mining of these things and that actually the mining is very bad for the environment at the same time. And... Well, it's think about
1: much. what it takes to mine. Like, are you not using giant ass machines that yeah. run on diesel to yeah. get the <laughs> to get the stuff out of the ground?
0: And they said the chemicals <laughs> that they use to do the mining are are uh, really bad for the environment. And you know, we'll get into child labor and whether or not that's that's actually something that those you know we used to as kids like a hundred years ago or however long we would have been working like I was from the age of like eight, nine or 10, something like that on a farm to, to, to help produce things. So I, I think we got to make sure that it's uh safe conditions that people aren't being, uh, that people aren't doing it as, you know, actual slaves or anything. I don't know what the conditions are over there, but I don't know what people would say if confronted with some pictures uh, of what's going on in all well, the mines there the, in Africa
1: where yeah. the ends justify the means name
0: that's the I, that's the problem mm-hmm. there is yeah. you, who gets to the side when the ends justify the means here
1: yeah now if they were mining something you know for Trump's new house or something like that then <laughs> you know stop the madness yeah but because we're producing electric vehicles that are going to save the world uh, it's fine it's fine that slavery exists
0: <laughs> let's well, let's talk about whether or not they're going to save the
1: world. So when a new EV appears in the showroom, and has already caused 30,000 pounds of carbon dioxide emission. The equivalent amount for manufacturing a conventional car is 14,000 pounds. So basically, a little more than double, about 55% more um, of carbon dioxide emission just to get to the showroom. Once on the road, the carbon dioxide emissions of electric vehicles depends on the power generation fuel used to recharge its battery. If it comes mostly from coal fired power plants, it will lead to about fifteen ounces of carbon dioxide for every mile. It is driven three ounces more than a similar gasoline powered car. So if you pull up to a charging station and that charging station is powered by a coal by by, by a coal power plant, well then actually you're producing more.
0: Yeah. If your house emission. is powered by a coal power plant, then then yeah, you end up with more carbon emissions than if you had a gas car.
1: Right. So even without reference to the source of electricity used for battery charging, if an EV is driven 50,000 miles over its lifetime, the huge initial emissions from its manufacturer means the EV will actually have put more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than a similar sized gasoline powered car driven the same number of miles. Now, the only time this changes is when it increases, which they put in here. Even if the EV is driven for 90,000 miles and the battery is charged by cleaner, natural gas-fueled power stations, it will cause just 24% less carbon dioxide emission than a gasoline-powered car. As the skeptical environmentalist, Bjorn Lomborg puts it, this is a far cry from zero emissions. And see, that's the thing. They're, the, what they do is they take the data of just the car. They don't take all the behind-the-scenes. It's like if... um I don't know if you if you could draw like one of those cartoon pictures where you have the electrical vehicle you know going down the road and then behind the curtain you have <laughs> this coal-fired plant just yeah. with billows of smoke but you can't see the smoke it's blocked you know by the clouds but that's essentially what's happening and um but, uh Bjorn Longberg um has done some really good research into this and uh he is I'm pretty sure he was the guy who was part of that UN council um, with uh, Jordan Peterson back in the day. So he's done a lot of good research on uh, climate change and all kinds of other economic factors that would actually lead to more success around the globe. So um, a, a, a well-respected environmentalist and a researcher. So as most ordinary as most ordinary people mindful of keeping within modest budgets, choose affordable gasoline or diesel powered cars, experts and policy advisors, the world, the world over have felt compelled to tilt, tilt the playing field in favor of EVs. EV subsidies are regressive. Given their high upfront cost, EVs are only affordable for high income households. It is egregious that EV subsidies are funded by the average taxpayer so that the rich can buy their EVs at subsidized prices. (laughs) The determination not to know or to look away when the facts assail our beliefs is an enduring um, frailty on human nature. The tendency towards groupthink and confirmation bias and the will to affirm the scientific consensus in quotes and marginalized skeptics are rife in consideration by the so-called experts committed to advocating for their favorite cause. In the case of EVs, the dirty secrets of clean energy should seem apparent to all but alas, there are none so blind as those who will not see. That's a what an, what an eloquent,
0: very nice poetic ending there.
1: An elo- <clears throat> eloquent <throat> ending.
0: That was very eloquent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no. that's an important thing to think about there. But well, I do think we should move towards the market, the free market <throat> should move towards it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, so part of me is like, I wonder what you know a tesla would actually cost if there were no subsidies
0: yeah that's an issue even when we talk about teslas being more affordable or some of these other cars being more affordable they might only be affordable because of the giant subsidies that the companies are receiving which means they're not actually more affordable because taxpayer money is being used to subsidize them so it's still costing you money (laughs) and like this person pointed out it's generally going to be the the middle class that's going to be paying all the taxes that are going to be subsidizing higher income people for getting their electric vehicles
1: um that's well you know that's not true rich <laughs> people pay the most taxes
0: well they do i think it's gonna it hits them harder though is, well, is yeah, what i mean by that mm-hmm. it hits them yeah. a, as a portion of what they can spend on their uh on whatever expenses they have they they will have less money left over at the end of the day to actually buy a tesla than the person whose car they are helping subsidize, who yes is paying more taxes, but they have more money left over the buy to buy the Tesla at, at the end of the day. True. So I, it's a very it's a very disproportionate outcome here.
1: For- I was just thinking about I was like I was doing some work today and I was just daydreaming for some reason and I was like imagine if everyone got paid in cash like that day, and so like you finish your day and your boss gives you a hundred dollars. And some random person just comes by and takes 20. And so now you're left with, like, what if that happened to people every single day? That's what taxation is. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, you get paid $100 for the day and somebody comes by and just takes 20. They didn't do anything for it. They didn't, like, I mean, well, you know, I guess they built the roads and everything. But come on, did they actually do worth $20 worth of work for them just to come by and just... I just imagine somebody just like taking it out of your hand and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. And uh, you just like, Oh, well, that's the that's the price for civilized society. Yeah. I'm so uh, glad they got my twenty.
0: Wes said the only way to make this work is to make electric cars a right. Like healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have that the affordable electric vehicle act.
1: No, yeah. That's what we'll have. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'll fix everything. It doesn't matter
1: what you know, what your preconditions are either. You know,
0: no, no, not can't, not can't at be all. an
1: electric vehicle.
0: So anyway, we want people to go towards electric vehicles. I do think okay, there are a little bit less carbon emissions. But one of the more annoying one of the things that we talk about is when people do annoying things like what Charlie pointed out, which is saying that electric vehicles are zero emissions. That is not the case whatsoever so you have to be able to at least have the argument and have the conversation based on factual information which would be electric vehicles are about 76% of the emissions of a of a gas powered car and then would you be able to get people behind all of your legislation to do all of that with if if the if the talking point was well electric vehicles Uh, come out if you drive at least 90,000 miles to 76% of the carbon emissions that a normal car would have. And people be like, uh, wait a second. That's hardly, wait, why are we paying a whole bunch more money for
1: this? That's not zero.
0: That's not zero. (laughs) Yeah. Why am I paying double the amount of money for this?
1: But you know, I'm, I'm with Thomas Massey. I do think that batteries are the future. I think, you can get more power uh, more efficiently uh, on batteries. I really think you can. I mean, Jesus, Tesla had to step back the acceleration and everything on their vehicles because it was absolutely insane. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think th- that as technology keeps increasing, that batteries will be the future. They're going to make them smaller and more efficient and last longer, and it's going to be insane. The, the question is, how do we charge them?
0: Well, and the question we, is... Will they be if the incentive
1: structure isn't there? Well, yeah, and that's the why problem. would they that's be? Why we're, that's why we're mentioning <laughs> what, what did uh, what did, was it? Wes, who lives in California? That's in the live group. I can't remember. It was Joe. He said they call him Chairman Newsom or Supreme Leader Newsome is also accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so Supreme Leader uh, Newsome, you know, if, if he gets his way, well, then there is no incentive. We'll just have these giant ass clunky batteries that only get you 128 miles before you got to stop by your local coal fired (laughs) plant charging station and fill her up
0: charlie go ahead and tell me what you think about preschool that's what's coming up on the next one real quick i thought we needed to mention this because no one else is going to and Mm -hmm. i i just think we need to mention things that other people are not going to so real quick story if you wanted to if you wanted to just Take a drive through it real
1: quick. I have to apologize to Wes. He said, no, he doesn't live in Cali.
0: Don't you put that uh, evil on him.
1: I'm sorry. I, I'm really sorry I put that evil on you. That evil belongs to Joe. <laughs> um, You know, Joe, you guys need to move out. Joe needs to move to God's country here in Nashville. Things are fine. Joe says lots of pros and cons, <laughs> mainly cons. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing better is the weather, I bet. Um, anyway, this coming from Fox Business. Jeff Bezos opens his first tuition-free preschool in Washington State. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos announced that his first, that the first Bezos Academy, meant to be part of a network of free preschools, will open about 18 miles south of Seattle next month. "Quote: The Bezos Academy opens its doors on October 19th," Bezos wrote on Instagram. This one in. Uh, this one in Des Moines, Washington, was the first of many preschools that will be opening for underdeserved children. Extra kudos to the team for figuring out how to make this happen, even amidst COVID, and to Wesley Homes for stepping up with it's, the
0: facility. Underserved children, not underdeserved children. <laughs> Sorry, underserved. That's correct. Big difference.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the preschool. <laughs> will be supported by the Billionaires Bezos Day One Fund, which he established in 2018. Quote, um, our, our Montessori-inspired preschool, I think that's Montessori. Correct. Montessori-inspired preschool will offer year-round programming five days a week for children three to five years old. Admissions will prioritize low-income family, reads a statement on the Day One Fund's website. So, uh, you know, here's my thoughts on this is it's coming from the free market. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to have free preschool, I think people in the market can support that. And here we are right here, Mr. Bezos himself taking some of his, his laurels, (laughs) taking some of his Lawrence and putting them to use.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think it's, (laughs) that's cool. It's a good thing. At the very least we can do an episode on the effectiveness of preschool. I'm sure it's good for some people, but uh, at the very least, they'll be providing a daycare facility for children between three and five years old for the low
1: income families. Yeah. So that's a good thing. I can tell you that, that is expensive. So, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Okay, the Zuckerberg. If you, any, if you don't have any kids, then uh yeah, don't have any.
0: Yeah, my my kids are a lot less expensive.
1: I could have I think I could have like two Teslas for a, a monthly payment, for the same monthly payment. Hmm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Kind of it's, makes you wonder
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't even yeah, know what that means you're, you're way richer than I am Nate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Zuckerberg recordings Facebook users He said they're ideologically more conservative Than Facebook's employees You don't say Foxbusiness.com is where this comes from Facebook founder There's just one really important quote at the end of this That made me care about this article So I thought it was very important Very insightful and something everyone should listen to. Facebook founder CEO Mark Zuckerberg has been attempting to bridge an ever-growing divide between the social media site's progressive employees and conservative users. The tech giant has faced a summer of challenges during the pandemic as it has attempted to tackle coronavirus misinformation, hate speech, and amid civil unrest in the US political and US political misinformation ahead of the November 3rd election. Internal recordings obtained by The Verge between May and August show how Zuckerberg and Facebook uh COO Sheryl Sandberg have tried to support differing employee and user interests simultaneously during the company's weekly Q&A so one thing they're having issues with is in fact what people are a little worried about all the people who work at Facebook there are a, a big portion of them are super left-leaning and the bulk of people who use Facebook are not so that's that's basically what they're trying to figure out how to deal with here. One of the things that we talk about, this is from Zuckerberg, one of the things we talk about a little bit less inside the company is that the community we serve tends to be on average, ideologically, a little bit more conservative than our employee base, Zuckerberg said in one recording, and then he said, maybe a little is an understatement. And then he continued, this is the important part. If Facebook wants to actually do a good job of serving people, its employees and executives must take into account that there are different views on different things, and that if someone disagrees with a view, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're hateful or have bad intent, the Facebook founder said.
1: Yeah. Imagine that. I
0: thought that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. If someone disagrees with a view, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're hateful or have bad intent.
1: Which uh, which I think is the case most of the time. Yeah. I, In fact, I, I... I was on a, a thread earlier today. <laughs> I should read this for you because it's actually really funny. Um, it was a meme that my brother had posted. And of course, I have most of my family, I would say, um, they lean ideologically conservative. <laughs> so they would fall into this category. And so my cousin responded. But my brother posted this meme, which I just thought was hilarious. And it said... The blue whale's anus can open to 3.5 feet, making it the second largest asshole in the world next to Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty I funny. thought that was really funny. <laughs> and of course, I had a, a cousin of mine who's very conservative was like, well, why are you so hateful and vile? And so I chimed in. I was like, I don't think that's hateful or vile. I think it's really funny. But. You know, as you know, this could go for just about anyone in Congress and mm-hmm. representative, or none of them actually care about any of us. They're all giant assholes, and uh, I could only think of a few that actually do uh, good work for the people. And so he said, "Substitute Mitch for Nancy Pelosi here. Are we good now?" And I said, "Yep, that's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't care who you put there. If you put anyone in, in government, there essentially, it would be hilarious." So Mitch McConnell got that one, obviously, because they're going to try to, you know, dram, jam through a Supreme Court nominee and the left hates that. But you could substitute that with, with anybody. I mean, the Democrats shut the government down in 2018 because they didn't want to fund Trump's wall. And then Trump said he was going to veto whatever. I mean, they all go back and forth on shutting the government down and pulling all the strings for their side can win this side of the argument. We'll do this, blah, 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 blah. They all actually don't care about you. None of them do. None of them do.
0: It does sound like now they they're going to have the votes for sure to get the new Supreme Court nominee pushed through
1: before the election. Yeah, and that brings us right to the last point here.
0: Yeah, the last point here. Amy Klobuchar accidentally said something that she had to clarify right afterwards. (laughs) It was pretty funny. She said her tweet was: "The people pick the president. The president nominates the justice. That is how it works." And
1: so everybody was like, wow. Whoa. Everyone's
0: like, wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, that is that is how it works. And of course, she got a lot of uh, what are you? Are you defending Trump picking the justice? Are you saying that that the next president should pick the justice? What are you saying here? So then she had to say people are voting right now to pick our president. That president should pick the next Supreme Court justice. (laughs) 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 The, The people that the. The next president that the people vote for is who should pick the Supreme court justice.
1: Unless it's Trump again, then we'll have to wait four more years, (laughs) man. I mean, what do you think? What do you think if like, okay, let's say they rush the Supreme court justice through any, or let's say they don't, let's say they don't get it done because it does take, I mean the, you know, the hearings are going to go on forever and they're going to pick apart whoever it is. If it ends up being um, the person that I actually really like uh, Barrett, um, I think she would be absolutely amazing. In fact, I, I recently read where she went off on no-knock raids um, and things like that. So that actually, starting to read some of her things, I really, really like her. But let's say they drill her on abortion because, of course, her being Catholic and pro-life, they're going to do that. And these hearings last forever, and they don't rush her through. And then let's say that Trump wins the election. Like, what do you think the bash- the backlash is going to be from Democrats on you know, picking a Supreme court justice then, or what if the Democrats control the Senate? You think that they would for four years, not confirm a justice. I, I have no idea. This is going to be, this is going to be one to watch folks, my yeah, 2020 I think, election.
0: I think Democrats will do whatever they can to stall the confirmation process. I think we'll see that. I think we'll see a lot of protests. Uh, I think we'll see protests uh, around the Capitol and in Washington like crazy while the confirmation process is going on. I imagine seeing video of the, like the the Democrat senators, you know, laying on the floor and crying like little babies during some of the confirmation hearings, or something like that. Or maybe they're going to handcuff themselves to the podium or something. I think there's going to be some ridiculous things going on. I think that the uh, I think the riots and everything are going to get worse and worse. I don't know which one, you know, last episode, I said that I don't think they will actually put someone through before the election because it would be a really good election piece for, for both sides. And I think Trump would use that as a, as a get out to vote campaign. And if it, but then thinking a little bit more about it, he also might need the Supreme court. And I think it was Matt on Jason Stapleton show on wealth power and influence that brought this up, that he might need the Supreme Court to help say that he won the election, which means he might want to go ahead and get another conservative-leaning Supreme Court justice on there. So it's going to be crazy. And I think if that happens, if this does go to the Supreme Court, which by the way is not unheard of, Bush-Gore went to the Supreme Court. <laughs> you know, that, that's not unheard of whatsoever. Um, I think it'll end up being a wider margin for one of the candidates than people think. But uh, um, if it does go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court confirms that Trump won the election and it's including a new justice that Trump just nominated and had confirmed by the Republican Senate before the election, I think I don't even think we've seen uh, the unrest that we were imagining before this happened. If Trump won, rest. that's actually rest. Like, I hope <laughs> I hope that's as many fires as there are. But yeah. I, I actually think it could be a lot worse if something like that happens. Uh, it's going to be really bad. So if you
1: need further evidence of how much they don't care about you, Wes brings up a good point. He said, how sad is it that they already said they will approve a justice and they don't even know who it is yet.
0: <laughs> well, and so that's we something will
1: get one approved. We don't know who he or she is yet, but we're going to approve that justice.
0: That's something I don't like. And Todd, to bring a good point, you know, how is it rushing if They nominated me or you um, RBG was, was confirmed in less than two months. So we've got, there's time to do this, especially with a Republican majority in the Senate. That's yeah, just,
1: I want to I say the average is 70 days. Yeah. So that's literally. Is it
0: true or is that just something you want to say?
1: No, that's what I saw on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. So it's I close just, to true.
0: Because I want to say the average is like
1: 120. Well, let me look it up again. Yeah,
0: I don't know what it is. That's just what I wanted to say. So it is I, I don't like the idea that they said they're going to confirm the person because what if he puts up someone who is absolutely terrible and who doesn't care about the Constitution whatsoever? I would still like to see people vote based on the merits of the person that is nominated and not just on the person who nominated them. So I, Sorry, I, since
1: ni- I got it wrong. Since 1975, the average number of days from nomination to final Senate vote is 67 days.
0: 67. Okay. While the
1: median is seventy-one days, so give or take four days there. Well, they'll so, just,
0: they'll have to do the fastest thing the government's ever done before. So actually, I was
1: wrong, but also right. Yeah, I was more. I was wrong, but I was more right than you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, and just also wait for. Oh well, the Republican Senate can do this, this, and this, but they won't pass a bill that's going to help people who are uh starving to death during the coronavirus lockdowns, you know, whatever. They won't get another stimulus package out there, but they'll get another Supreme Court justice out there. Like this is this is political just hackery times infinity that we could have never imagined other than the person that orchestrated this. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Okay. Yeah. Kidding. Um, this is just a, this is a, going to be a political, well, dream job slash nightmare, whoever it would, depends on what side you are that we could have never imagined. And I just hope, I hope everyone stays safe during it. That's what I have to say. So
1: it's going to be interesting, which is why I love doing this. It's going to be the best This is going to be the best reality TV that you can find. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: You couldn't have picked a better time to have a political podcast. I'll tell you that much.
1: Right, right. So
0: anyway, guys, that's the show. Guys, go to mastermystonks.com or mastermytrades.com, whichever one you feel like typing in. Use the promo code 20STONK to get 20% off. You've only got until the end of this month. And today, if I can remember correctly, is the 24th of... September. And I think that means that Charlie's birthday is tomorrow. He's turning uh, 82 tomorrow. Yeah. And that's, you know, we're feeling good for him. He's just yeah. about to run for president. And so uh, we wish him well. And <laughs> anyway, I don't know what any of that has to do with anything. Use the promo code 20STONK. There are new opportunities in the market every single day. We'll teach you how to read the stock charts, what the strategies are that we are using. And you can get going. There are new, like yesterday, like we were talking about, one of the stocks yesterday went up to 3,800% up. That's crazy. That's a big move. That's a good Insane. day as far as being owning a company goes. And the value of your company shoots up 3,800% in one day. You're feeling pretty good. They probably, mm-hmm. uh, probably popped some champagne over there for a second, and then it crashed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would have opened up some champagne. Yeah,
0: yeah for sure. Is that better than champagne? <laughs> Yeah. Okay.
1: Good. By the way, pop some champagne for me tomorrow. I will be 32. And you know what? I've thought about this and I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm, you know, I, cause you think like, do I want to go back to 21 year old me? And the, the truth of the matter is nah. you know, I kind of enjoy the wisdom, some of the wisdom that I've gained. I'm obviously not that wise, but over the years I've gained some wisdom and I feel like I'm a better person now than what I was back then. And so I'm, I'm happy. With 32. And so, you know, I need my ego stroked. So, you guys just send me all kinds of lovely notes and tell me how good I am. And, uh, you know, wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> come,
0: Are you watching come, the live group
1: <laughs> Come see how good I look. <laughs> <laughs> I Got just, time for a colonoscopy, Jack. Yeah. And
0: then, Jeff, <laughs> the, the emoji is hilarious.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good, yep. guys. All right. Look, if you, not to prostate examination age yet. Okay, just so ab- quit.
0: Just about, just about. All right, guys. <laughs> if you want to tell trade. Charlie happy birthday, then get on, get on the Facebook page, get on Twitter, at him, bro, and tell him happy birthday, okay? Or you can just come on here to the live group by going to patreon.com slash Liberty.
1: That's the best way to wish me a happy birthday, actually.
0: Actually, that's the only way that you're going to look at tomorrow
1: yeah the only happy birthdays i'm going to accept yeah is at least five dollars a month so you can join the live group and be part of our patreon group patreon.com slash good morning liberty and then share the show with a friend leave us that rating and review if you guys do all of that and i mean all of it if i don't get any happy birthdays tomorrow we're not doing a show but (laughs) if i do we'll be back again tomorrow hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty That's right.
0: <laughs> What's on these things? We hold these truths to be self-evident.
1: All men and women created by, go, you know the, you know the thing.